I'm going to start it right now. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where uh, every week we get into our Fearless Beer Review, then we get into our vinyl pickups that leads into the songs of the week, and then we round it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, uh, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Leave us five stars, please. That would be awesome. All of our social media uh, is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server, server if you want to join that. Hit us up. We'll send you the link. Hang out, talk to us. We also have a voicemail or a phone number to leave us a voicemail, send us a text. Uh, that is 503-893-5307. And now that all the boring intro stuff is out of the way, let's get right into our fearless beer review. So what do you got, Jeff? Go! I have a beer. It's called Lacto Cooler. And it's okay. a flavored uh, Berliner-style Weiss ale. And lacto cooler sounds like ecto cooler, so the can is like sparkly green with a bootleg slimer on the front. And okay, I, like uh, I, I I assume they couldn't like obviously recreate the exact facial structure of slimer for copyright reasons. Copyright. But this is uh, this is close enough to where we know and lacto cooler. Like come on, come on. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. This is a cool-looking uh, can. I've actually never seen anything this, like, sparkly before. I don't even know what to compare it to. I don't know a lot of sparkly things. But this is by Voodoo Brewing <laughs> Company, which are in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Never heard of Meadville. Never even heard of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So, Berliner Weiss, I think this is a uh, this is a sour ale. They're usually, like, around 5% ABV, and this is 5.5, so that kind of matches up with that. And I think these are, these are like, like, wheat sours i think like cloudy sours wheat tasting sours so it sounds so unpleasant i mean i like sours a lot i think they are delicious but they can be really gross and um i don't like the yeasty taste a lot in in beer oh this this is pouring green this is cool is it really green it's it's pretty fucking green Dang, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. I like so like just. I mean, I just poured it into my cup already. But so far, like how green this looks. This looks like a like if you got like a Tokyo tea or like a uh, yeah like a Tokyo tea shot like at, at a bar. Yeah, and that's what this looks like. It looks it looks all right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So what? So it's called Voodoo Brewery, right? Yeah, the brewing's called Voodoo Brewing Company. Okay. Because I have my mine comes from Voodoo Ranger, oh, so that's kind of a weird coincidence. Not the same brewery, mm. but a weird coincidence nonetheless. Huh? Okay, so mm. uh, mine is like I said, it's from Voodoo Ranger. Usually their beers are kind of hit or miss, or they're just kind of what I don't know. They're usually hit or miss. Uh, this one I got is called a Juice Juice Force IPA, Hazy Imperial IPA, and I didn't realize it was going to be nine. I didn't really look at the label. I just picked it up because it's something I didn't have. 
I've never had, and it's nine and a half percent. So there you go. And it's like a twenty ounce can, so it's a big one. It's a big twenty ounce can. Yeah, I've never seen a can like this. That's I like see really the sixteen ounces. Yeah. Is it like a like an oil can from Foster's, or is it just like mm. a really big long one? It's just a tall one. Yeah, it's a long one. Oh wow. Yeah, I've never never seen a can like this before. Because I get a lot of sixteen ounce ones, but never this. Whatever. So I got that. And it uh, pours out a nice yellow. It smells like old beer. You know, like when you go walk into a walk-in and just that that stale beer smell when you go in there? Yeah. That's what it smells like. So that's, we'll see. That's disgusting. We'll see yeah, it doesn't sound, it doesn't smell good. So here we go. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Not good? Oh. What do you think of yours? I like it. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a low intensity sour. You, you, there's sour there. You, you, you're getting that pucker, but it's not, it's not like obnoxious. You're not sucking on a warhead. It's there. And I don't know. It's, it's definitely thicker. So you would be drinking like a wheat beer. So it's a little bit thicker in the mouth feel, but overall it's, it's solid. I like it. I'd buy it again. Well, probably not. This is like seven dollars. So, for just one can. Yeah. Yeah, that's way too expensive for you. Yeah. You you only get shit when it's on like massive sale. I for the pot. I buy, baby. I buy. <laughs> or I'll, or I'll okay. spend like seventeen dollars on a on a stout if it's like fourteen percent or something. Oof. So with this one, with this ugh, juice force IPA. Uh, this is this is absolutely terrible. This is one of the, <laughs> this is like one of the worst beers I've ever had, and that's oh, not an exaggeration. Yeah, this is, it's like, it's like this lemon taste, it, but it's like stale lemons. I can't even explain. It. It's just it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever tasted, beer wise. That is unbelievably bad. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. I, I can't even finish it. I, I won't finish it. Well. Yeah. So uh, with that, with that being said, we have a we have a three point our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer but give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So what would you give your your wheat sour? I'd probably give it a two. Okay. Maybe it's not maybe bad. maybe a two point like two point one. I think it's kind of unique. It's kind of cool. Pours out green. I think if I was at like a bar. And they had this on tap, and someone likes sours. I say, "Oh, you should get that. It's it's interesting. It's kind of fun. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the concept around it is is just as cool, if not cooler, than the beer itself. So that lends to a higher rating. Yeah, makes sense. So like, I I give it a, I give it a two. I, I give it a two. Give it a two. Yeah. <sighs> okay, for this one, I mean, this is just straight up a zero. Damn a zero? A zero, man. This is just You can't give a zero. Dude, this is the dude, this is seriously the only the only beer I've had that's worse than this. Like I I can even understand why people like sours or stouts. Like even though I don't like them, I can understand it. But the only beer that I ever tasted that was worse than this was the habanero uh Sculpin. That was oh. the only thing worse. What is your beer? This is terrible. From Voodoo Ranger? It's called Juice Force IPA. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. This is terrible. I, I only had two sips of it, and I can't. I'm 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 throwing it out. It's just it's just god awful. So yeah, that's all I got for the for the beers. I think that's what all you got too. That's all you have. Yeah. 
All right. Well, what do you have for your back key? Oh, I just have some Corona lights, some limes. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. I got some buddies. I got to go get those. Actually, let me go get them right now. Go get them. All right. So we are officially done now with the beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's get into the, the vinyl pickups. What did we get this week? And then uh, that'll lead, in, lead into the songs of the week. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. Final pickups of the week. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Songs for them death. Yes. That's what I got from Vinyl Me Please. It was a swap. And uh, it came in pretty quick. And it sounds great. And I, um, it's a good album. It's a pretty fucking good album. Even with those great album. radio transmission things, I still think are just, eh, they're all right. Yeah, I could but, do without them. But goddamn, dude, like the title track song is just, it's so fucking good. And the way it just stops and then starts back up. But that pause is extra long. Yeah. So you, like, you think like, okay, now it's going to start back up. Okay, well, maybe it's not going to start back up. And then you start going through in your head thinking what's going to happen. And then it starts back up. It truly, it's it's so goddamn good. It's truly magnificent. And another on a on a side note on that, I love after that silence and you hear Dave scream "Hey," and then it hits yeah. the film back into it. Oh, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I honestly, though, I also could. I I'm not crazy about about Josh's vocals. That's, really? Yeah, I think they're just whatevers. At the worst, at the best, I think like okay, they match sometimes, but his vocals I, I could I could also do without. I like how they, there are three singers on the record, which is pretty cool. I think I think like for me, it's drums and tone. Like those are my two favorite things about this record is the drumming yeah. and just the tone of everything. I think the guitar tone is just it's so it's so rock and roll sounding. It's so like Brian Setzer sounding, but just flatter and more. Yeah. It's so dry, and more sounding. subtly aggressive. Yeah, definitely. I love it. And it sounds great on 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 the uh, on the red uh, on the cool crimson variant that I have. I know. I just got a I got a plain old black one. I'm a yeah. yeah. So I got that. I'm happy about that. That's cool. I enjoy it. All right. Cool. 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 It's good stuff. Um, so what else you got? I also got a couple of new young things. First one I got is the Dead Man soundtrack. And oh this, yeah. But this was I bought this for like twenty bucks or twenty 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 five dollars and it goes for way more on Discogs and I'm super excited because this is a this is a really cool movie and the soundtrack I've always thought it was really cool and then recently when we've re I kind of rediscovered Neil Young and got into Neil Young stuffs and then knowing that he did that soundtrack is just like holy fuck that's even better <laughs> and it's just so stripped down it's just fucking guitar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be spoken word stuff, either by Johnny Depp or just pulling from the movie itself. But really, it's just guitar. And dude, like damn near thirty percent of the soundtrack is just dead air. There's just nothing being played, and it's That's so weird. It's amazing. It is amazing. And he plays everything super slow, and it's super dramatic. And I guess like if you don't like the movie, if you haven't seen the movie enough times, the soundtrack may just kind of be whatever's. But mm-hmm. as he's playing these songs, and as you know the pace of the movie, what's happening, what's going on, the thoughts, the feelings, it all kind of matches and all kind of coincides with the music, and it's really, really good. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a really good movie. I love movie. it. I haven't seen Fantastic. it in probably 15 years now. Oh, it's so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other Neil Young thing that I got is Live Rust. This is his uh, follow-up to Rust Never Sleeps. This is Live Rust, and... 
this this wowed me. This fucking wowed me. This wowed me in a way <laughs> that I've not been wowed by like new music in a while. Yeah. Just from the opening song, I just I, I I want you to just buy it and listen to it before <laughs> you listen to anything else from this. Even though you've probably heard a handful of these songs, and some of the songs from this are taken from the Comes in Time album you just bought. But mm-hmm. overall, this is from like the the Rust Never Sleeps album, and it's just it's unbelievable. The parts that are just him and the guitar are so heavy, and he 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 I don't know he plays the guitar so aggressively sometimes. And you can just hear like the buzz coming from the wood and the guitar. And then he'll just throw in these soft vocals. And just the contrast between the two is truly amazing. And the first like four songs are just like acoustic hymn, just kind of whining. And it's, (laughs) dude. And there's one song that he does, and it's it's a two part. It's the Hey, Hey, My, My song. And it's the first part's very acoustic driven. And he's kind of just picking the notes. And later on, he replays it as a as a like a, a hard rock number, and everybody comes in and they jam to it for like four or five minutes. It's the same song played two different ways, and it's just it's unbelievable. That's the song that that Cobain quoted in his his suicide note that it's better to oh. to burn out than fade away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the song from uh, this album, and then Rest Never Sleeps. Oh shit! Okay. Fuck, man! I've never—I don't think I've ever been wowed in my adult life by any artist the way I have been with Neil Young. Every single album <laughs> that I listen to is just amazing, and they all—all all they like is all these fucking songs sound damn near the same. I know, but man, I can pick apart their melodies instantly. I can carry them on after the song is over. There's so many nuances per song that are just makes it so much different than everything else. It's amazing. What kind of condition is yours in? Oh, it's in great condition. I, there's almost no service noise. How much did you pay for it? I think I paid fifteen. Okay, because the the cheapest on Discogs, the cheapest very good plus copy is sixteen fifty after shipping. So that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I think so I, yeah, I think I paid fifteen. Mine's in damn near immaculate condition. Jacket too. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It has, uh, has the jacket, has the original inserts. Everything's in great condition. Oh, man. It's I mean, so I'm, good. This I'm, may I'm be like really... his best thing. This may be the best thing I've ever heard him do. Do you think I should listen on Spotify before? No, I think you should just buy it. it. If you don't like it, I'll, fuck, I'll give you $16. Yeah, but I don't want to buy it off Discogs. I, I know. That's the, find it. that's the worst. I want to find it. So, I've, been, I've been looking out for it, too, out here. I mean, I'm sure I'll find it eventually. Because we we've only started to like actively look for Neil Young in the last maybe month. Yeah. So oh man. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about Neil Young for a long time on the pod. Oh yeah. He has I so many like damn records. Three other fucking records by him I haven't listened to. <laughs> it's true though, like every fucking record is is just so good. They're all yeah. really good. Yeah, I have three of his records and they're they're per- fucking perfect, man. They're so <laughs> like good. none of them none of them are like, no, oh, that was okay. No, they're all really good. Yeah, it's true. It's fucking totally annoying. True. <laughs> but like all the songs sound the same. They're that same <clears throat> fucking thing. I know, I know. That same high, kind of annoying high pitched voice and everything. And yeah. Just an acoustic guitar. Like at I best. Like, it's all he does. They're the same thing over and over. <laughs> Damn, dare I say he's so like well. a better Bob Dylan. Oh, really I would I would one hundred percent say that, yeah. <laughs> he's like a two hundred percent better Bob Dylan. Damn. If that even makes sense. Two hundred percent. Oof. Yeah, why not? Why? Why the fuck not? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. What else you got then? 
Deep Purple in Rock. This is my this was my third favorite Deep Purple album. Their fourth album overall from 1970. This is the first one with Ian Gillian. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but it spurred my memory when I read about it. But this was after the band wanted to change musical direction. This was after like the the na 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 that hush song yeah. that they that's so popular. And they went from like a psychedelic pop band to like the heavy metal sound. And they wanted to change like musical direction, but they didn't like their singer and their bass player, so they like sneakily fired them. Oh yeah, the, but was, it's, it's such a shady band. But they finished out the tour for the Book of Talisman because they had already booked all these shows, so they didn't tell them they were fired until after the tour was over. And so, like, come you know the final day or final show of the tour, they're like, oh, by the way, you're fired, and we've already <laughs> hired somebody, and we're already working on new music. So that's so really fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, it's, it's so terrible. But but this is uh this is a killer killer Deep Purple album, super heavy, super loud, and this was recorded like the same time like Sabbath as as their first album came out came out like mm-hmm. the same year, so a lot of like the heavy metal things from this era are there, and Deep Purple were there before Zeppelin and and I don't know Deep Purple is just like we've talked about and just how. How influential they were in the metal realm, how influential they were to Zeppelin, to Sabbath, but aren't really talked about outside of Smoke on the Water. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's a good album. It's fucking fantastic. So I'm I'm looking at my rankings again for, for Deep Purple, and I don't remember my rankings being this, but Deep Purple and Rock was my number one, and then Fireball, and then Burn. I've, I don't know why I was thinking that Burn was my number one. Because I, I talked about that last week on the pod. In Rock was your favorite? Yeah, In Rock was my, my number one, yeah. I can see Fireball. it. It's, it's very little Ian Gillian and very much extremely heavy. Like, they came out, they wanted to sound like Zeppelin, but they wanted to be heavier than Zeppelin because Zeppelin just came out a year prior to this, 69. Yeah. So they come out with this album and they say, let's do Zeppelin, but heavier. Heavier, yeah. And so they come out with this, and there's very little Ian Gillian on this, and the album is extremely heavy. It's very crunchy for 1970, and yeah, it's very that's what heavy. I, <laughs> I don't know why I forgot. I don't know why I forgot this is my number one. I'm an idiot. Because the because the album artwork is so dumb. I know I hate that artwork. It's I fucking so hate it. dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I realized too. I I do have I have three. I originally thought I had two or no. Th- oh fuck! I can't even speak. I know I you have, have two at least. I have four. Well, yeah, yeah. I have four deep purple. I have four deep purple now. I realize I had four. I have Fireball, Burn, Machine Head, and the live one, live in Japan. But I don't have deep purple and rock, which I really want now because now I realized I remembered it's my favorite. Yeah, it's dude, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so fucking good, and it's it's crazy because the moment I put this on, even after listening to like Neil Young, I put this on afterwards. And immediately I was thrown into just heavy metal 1970. There wasn't mm-hmm. like any kind of like easing into it. It was just instantaneous. That's how good this album was. I got to re-listen, man. I was just so burnt out after that week. I really haven't listened to them since. Well, that's fine. Throw yeah. on uh, Made in Japan and then it'll get you back into it. Yeah, I probably will. Probably will tomorrow. It's been too long. Way, way too long. Good boy. <sighs> All right. So what else I- you got? I got Harry Nilsson, Nilsson mm-hmm. Schmilson. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is just something I've been interested in because it's crazy popular. 
It's his most successful album. This is uh, his seventh from 1971, which is crazy because I thought this was like an earlier one for him. Mm-hmm. But this is his seventh fucking album, and they, I I don't know this 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 album that has the the lime and the coconut put the lime ah, and the coconut like that, I hate song. that song. No, you don't. You song. haven't heard that song in a long time. The song is not as bad as you think it is. It really is. Really? Are you sure? No, it's not. I'm positive because when it first came on, I was like, oh, this song is dumb. This is like a commercial song for Diet Coke with lime. But then as it progressed, I realized, oh, this is not a bad song actually. It's kind of cool. It's really not. <laughs> Okay, but I this mean, is a this is just a this is a soft it's it's a pop rock album. It's pop rock. It, think of like Rod Stewart. It's focusing on the vocals, whatever. For what it's worth, it's fine. But it's very similar to like the Beatles in that the harms and melodies are structured and layered as a pop album. But the music sometimes gets a little a little complex. And this album has a fantastic group of studio musicians behind it. And I learned something interesting about this. Is have you ever heard of the Hollywood Vampires Club? Isn't that the band with Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper? This is this is the drinking club mm, okay. that was formed in a loft. I guess it was above the Rainbow Room, and it was started by Alice Cooper. And it had a ton of members, including like John Lennon, Ringo, Keith Moon, Keith Emerson from Emerson, Lincoln Palmer. And then including Harry Nilsson. And he kind of, Harry Nilsson kind of co-started it with Alice Cooper. And the only requirement to get into this Hollywood Vampires drinking club was you had to out-drink like the founding members, like the founding four or something. You just had to drink more than they could in the night or some shit. And it just led for just complete insanity and debauchery. It was just insane for these people, these big celebrities in the 70s and 80s to drink this much. But eventually <laughs> never they form... They formed a band, and they released an album like the '90s, and it did feature Alice Cooper and Johnny Depp, but that was because the drinking club had already kind of been defunct at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But what a cool fun! I don't know. That is really cool. I, I, I like. I think that's really rad. Like we've been to the Rainbow Room. Like we've sat at that bar. We've we've yeah. seen. You know, we we saw the the computer, the the gambling machine over to the left where where Lemmy sat. Where you know yeah. like we've been there. Just imagine like sitting though. just imagine sitting at the bar and you see like Alice Cooper walk in with Harry Nilsson and Ringo and they go upstairs <laughs> and then all of a sudden three hours later they stumble down. They're just fucking shit faced. <laughs> it's LA, baby. That w- that must have been a fucking wild time, man. LA in the sixties and seventies. Man, I, I can't even imagine. I think Very it's way cooler than what it was in the eighties though. Very very different from L.A. in the 2000s. Yeah, L.A. in the 2000s sucked. I mean, a lot of good shows, but <clears throat> other than that, yeah, the whole scene sucked for the most part. Sucks. Yep. All right, so what Next else up, you got? The Drifters. The Drifters, um, they do uh, Under the Boardwalk, a lot mm-hmm. of other stuff. This is just a comp that I picked up. They're, they're a doo-wop group from like the 50s to 70s. What's really interesting about this group is they were never like a group. They were just a name, like the Drifters' name, and whoever manages them, whoever owned the name, would just cycle vocalists. Mm-hmm. And so there was, you know, 30 to 60 different vocalists throughout the Drifters. And then each each major era of the Drifters would go on to do other things. So it'd be like I don't know, Tyler Anstead in the Drifters and then Jeff Hutton in the Drifters and his Drifters mm-hmm. and his classic Drifters and his Golden Drifters. 
So like the Drifter name, that under the boardwalk song, it's it's interesting. I don't know. It's it's very interesting that's, because that's weird. Yeah, because like groups of this era, you think like they're like the Shirelles and then the Cordettes. These are sticking together and being a vocal group, maybe switching out one or two members. Mm-hmm. But the Drifters were just just a name, and who cares yeah. who's on stage? They're just a name. So that's I thought that so was kind of many members lame. to go through it. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking members. As, I think I read it was almost up. It was up upwards of sixty different singers in this group, all within what like twenty years. Yeah, like twenty five years. That's wild. That's really wild. So it it does kind of and then like this this golden classics that I got like I recognize every single one of these songs, maybe mm-hmm. just because I worked on the boardwalk at Knott's Berry Farm and they played this type of music oh, all the time. Yeah, but I just thought like, dang, it kind of devalues this music knowing that most of these guys probably didn't write any of this music or have any say in the music whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And song to song to song, it probably was in the same dudes. Yeah, that kind of sucks. It does. That really it d- sucks. It definitely like devalued it for me and made me not yeah. want to... Not, I didn't care as much after that. I'm surprised you're going to keep that. Because... Dude, I mean, I'm in the boardwalk. Are you kidding me? Oof. It's a good song, but how often are you going to listen to that? I, I will definitely keep... Because, I mean, this goes in like the, this this the set era of music and I really like it. And again, I think it's just because I worked for knots and so now it's been ingrained in my brain, but I really do like this boardwalk quote unquote boardwalk sounding music. Mm-hmm. I okay. think it's really, really good. I just, it just sucks that the drifters are so lame <laughs> and their Wikipedia pages is, is super fucking long just because there's so many members. And it's just like, yeah. I'm not interested in any of it. <laughs> You know, Under the Boardwalk, I always thought was a Beach, uh, beach Boys song. It okay. really seems like it could be, right? I don't know. In theory, it sounds like it could be. When you hear them singing, then no. Like, no. It's too no, early. Okay. I, I can't even think how it, like, I mean, I know the song, but I can't think of how the voices sound exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. The very 50s sounding doo-wop. Yeah, yeah. Well, so was a lot of Beach Boys, though. Was oh. Very doo woppy. Yeah, sixties though. That's fine though. I know, but it was still very doo woppy. Yeah, but you could tell it was like white guy singing. Like you could, yeah, you well, could true. tell it's, it's, they didn't. You know, I mean, there was no, there was no like soul and emotion. It was built off of like the Beatles. It was just built off harms. Great arms though. Fantastic arms, killer arms <laughs> from the Beach Boys. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Dude, you fucking motherfucker. Uh, <sighs> all right then. Since you hate the Drifter so much, what else you got? The uh, last thing here before my song is Papa John Creech. Papa oh. John Creech. This this is uh, how is this that? is it? This is his first solo album. This is 1971. This guy was born in 1917. His first solo album Oof. came out in 1971. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Wait, was so, he in a band or something? So this guy, he's a violin player that started off doing just a lot of blues, a lot of jazz music. He played with this, a lot of famous people, Louis Armstrong, Nat King Colds, a lot of people in and out, but never got much fame, never got much notoriety, anything. Didn't have any success, really, for like the first 40 years of his career. Then in the late 60s, he was kind of rediscovered just by like a jam session by the drummer of Jefferson Airplane. Mm-hmm. And he was like, holy fuck, this guy's really, really good. And by now, he had kind of perfected his sound because he can play like psychedelic music, he can play jazz, he can play blues, he can kind of jam with anybody. And then Charlie Daniels and, and fiddle playing and violin playing became more acceptable. 
Mm-hmm. And so this guy eventually kind of joined forces with Jefferson Airplane and did a lot of stuff with them. Really? Okay. Because I always see his re- I see his records a lot um, at stores, but I I just I'm always interested. But then by the time I leave, I forget about him. But I've always wanted to pick up one of his records to see what it sounds like. This is this is really good. This is what is this it is, in the vein of? It's blues rock. It's blues okay. rock overall. Um, but I mean, obviously, he's friends with like the drummer from Jefferson Airplane, and this came out yeah. in 1971. So. As we talk about all these people from the Bay Area in the mid late sixties, they're all on here. You know, Jerry Garcia is on here, of course. And like the coolest song is that song because it has Jerry Garcia and Jerry Garcia's jamming with Papa John Creech, and he's jamming with David Brown, who was the OG uh, bass player for Santana. And so okay. it's just this really cool jam sesh, and you can tell each one is like taking a step back and letting the other one come up, and you kind of tell like it was kind of improvised because. There's really no direction in it. It's just really fun sounding. But Carlos Santana is also on this album. There's just a ton of people. Also, most people from Jefferson Airplane and a lot of guys from uh, Grateful Dead are on this. It's just a a cool, I don't know, it's a cool rock album. But it goes from blues rock. It goes to jazz, like straight jazz, not not like jazz fusion. It just does like straight jazz stuff. And then it goes to like psychedelic rock. This sounds really cool, actually. And it was like I had $8. no idea he worked with all these guys. Yeah. That's really cool. And to top it off, there's like maybe a total of 45 seconds of singing, and that's it. Otherwise, it's purely oh, I instrumental. Like I like that. I just, I, 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 now I got to pick believe, it up. <laughs> I, I, I really could not believe that this guy had, had no... His first album came out like 50 years after he was born. That's Yeah, that's crazy. It's kind of <laughs> sad, but like it's, I don't know, it's really cool. Yeah, at least at least you know he got fame eventually. Got there eventually, yeah. Yeah, that's cool though. Good stuff. You should pick it up if you ever see it. Papa John I, Creech. I'm very interested in this now, even more yeah. than before. So that leads me to my last thing, and that's Rick Wakeman. And yeah, this uh, is a weird one. Keyboardist for for Yes, just a really great keyboardist and piano player and songwriter. But his album White Rock. And this is a soundtrack album for a movie about the 1976 Winter Olympics. <laughs> and that sounds like, oh, maybe there's some type of like assassination plot or like some huge steroid thing. No, everything I could find on the 1976 Winter Olympics, this was the most run of the mill Winter Olympics ever. Nothing memorable <laughs> whatsoever, aside from just boring snooze fest Winter Olympic sports. I don't mm-hmm. know why they made a movie about it. And I don't know why he made a soundtrack to the movie about it. Yeah, that's this weird. Album, this album got pretty bad reviews. At best, it got okay reviews. Otherwise, it got pretty bad reviews. Nobody really liked it. But, dude, this is fucking good. It is so goddamn good. And as I put this on, I was kind of looking at that. I was like, oh, wow, this really stunk and nobody likes this. But this is the first track that I picked. This is the opening track. And it's it honestly never... It never it never dips down after this. It never gets. It yeah. never loses momentum. At, at, it sounds at, like at a soundtrack worst. song. At, no, it does. It just sounds like keyboard shit. And it's just well, Rick I mean, Wakeman like in a, a drawer. Yeah, it sounds well, like a because, score. It's because it's a keyboard, and it's it's hard when you just have a keyboard is playing the bass parts, the lead parts, the rhythm parts. Because it's just yeah. Rick Wakeman yeah. and a drummer. That's it. There's nothing else. There's nobody else on this album. And then he's the drummer. Is he anybody we we, we know? 
he's played he's he's a studio drummer that played with uh a lot of proggy strobs the band strobs he played oh for. okay yeah that band yeah. proggy band i don't like i, I try to get in that band don't yeah. like him but the drummer's absolutely fantastic in this and there i mean there's a lot of times that there's there's highs and lows in this and it's just i think it's fantastic there's even a, uh, a song on here that i guess rick forgot to write and then when he showed up to present this to like the producers of the movie he realized that he had forgotten a song and literally just improvised it and they're like, oh, yeah, that's really good, too. And then he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> added it to the record, even though he had fucking just made it up on the spot. That's Loved pretty it. cool. But he's so and, fucking talented. And this, dude, this song is, I think this song is so strong. It starts off strong. It's very rambunctious. And there are points to it when it gets into like a little bit of like a surf vibage, kind of like the way yeah. it's structured and the way it plays out. It's yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's loud. It's rocking. This is, uh, this is my favorite thing that Rick Wakeman has done. Solo wise, outside of yes, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say this is definitely not better than the stuff he did in yes, but no. uh, what's what was I just gonna ask you? Oh, were, did you get this like in a bargain bin? Because this is definitely something I would see there. I've never even seen this in the wild, but it's probably worth so it's probably worthless, and therefore I've never even seen it. But yeah, I got this in just a lot. Is the is the cover on Spotify the actual cover that you have? No. Okay, I was gonna say because this is a terrible cover. No, the cover the cover I have is kind of cool. It just shows like a white Alp and it just says like white rock and it's it's kind of cool with the black okay. background. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here's a here's the title track of that uh, called White Rock from the Rick Wakeman's. you go white rock from rick wakeman so i have a hard time saying his name rick wakeman rick wakeman like, now it sounds like weird alliteration in the rick wakeman it sounds yeah. Weird. yeah a little weird a little weird all right cool so that is your song of the week that's it uh 
let's jump into mine real quick. I only have a few things. Uh, the first one here is kind of going off of what we did last week with Martin Denny and the Exotica stuff. Uh, it's Arthur Lyman. I was kind of still in that Exotica mood, so I had one of his records left in my backlog, so I threw that on. It's uh, it's his third album from 1958. He put out like five records in two years. But um, this one's called Bawana Ah, and I mean, I it's that. exactly what... Do you really? Oh, okay. I mean, it sounds exactly what you would think it would be. I mean, it's straight up Exotica, uh, you know, with the vibes and everything. It's not like jazz based like the the other one that was Lays and Jazz or something, which yeah. I did listen to. I did listen to that. Oh, you like and, it? Uh, I did. It was fucking cool. It was really cool. <laughs> so I got yeah. So I listened to uh, Buana Buana Ah. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but there's like barely there's like nothing written about it. Like most of the genre, like we talked about last week. Very little written, but yeah, we, we did talk for over two hours about it. So <laughs> got that one, listened to that, good stuff. Exotic is always good. And uh, this next one here is from a guy named Red Norvo. I uh, brought him to the pod maybe like a month ago because I came across one of his records at the Glass House for like three bucks, and it was just like the goofiest looking cover of this old guy playing the playing the vibraphone, and he just looks so stoked and happy about life. <laughs> and... <laughs> And so, and I love that. I mean, I, the record was so good. And then I came across this one. Uh, I came across a couple more Red Norvos at Radiation Records a while back. And I finally put this one on. And it's called Red Norvo with Strings. I don't know how which album this, I don't know if it's like a seventh or eighth record. I'm not really sure. It was kind of hard to figure out. But this one came out in 1955. Uh, this one is actually more jazz influenced than the other one I have. And But the vibraphone is strong in it. I mean, it, I mean... He definitely leads it, but it's it's a lot more jazzy, and there's a guitar player on it, and dude, he, he just like rips it up sometimes. It's really this is like actually a really good jazz record. The guitar player does. Everybody does the bass yeah. player because it's because I mean it's meant to be him and like a guitar player and uh, upright bass player, and they both just kind of rip it up on this. I forgot their names. I can't even remember their names right now. They put the record away, but. You know, Red Norvo, not much written about this guy either, which sucks because he's fucking, I mean, he, the two records I have that I listen to, I mean, they're just, they're so fucking good. It's just like really fun, good jazz music. I, dude, I don't know. This, this is two bucks. It's two dollars. Two bucks. And it's a color variant, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. For, yeah. Yeah. It's a red, it's a red color and for, and it's an original press. So mm. a red variant from the 50s. That is really cool. That's really fucking cool. And uh, and then I looked it up, and it goes for like twenty bucks online on Discogs. Damn! But I got it for two bucks. Yeah, so got a great deal on that one. So if anybody uh, out there wants to go, actually go check it out. It's on this album is actually on Spotify, so you can listen to it. And I'd recommend you listen to it, Jeff. But you probably won't, so that's fine. Probably not. Uh, next one here, I got I picked up from Discogs because it came in cheap. Cheaper than it it has for a long time, and I don't know if they'll when they're going to repress this. And it is uh, I am the Avalanches. Avalanche, you know. Oh God! Second record came out October 2011. We did this on the pod maybe a year ago, and um, I I got hooked to this band because of that episode of the pod. I, like, I was I, fucking surprised. I became a I became like an instant fan. So yeah, I picked this one up, and I I it sucks because I missed the one. I missed the um, on the way it was when it was on the website for like twenty bucks. Yeah, missed it by like probably a week or something like that. Yeah, and uh, so finally got this one up. 
finally got this one from Discogs, and uh, it's, your favorite song was Brooklyn Dodgers, if I remember correctly. No, is this really happening? Is my favorite. I think what's what is beeping over there? Oh, you can hear that. I guess I can hear beeping. I don't hear beeping. I hear oh. beeping. Beeping or like a like a bell ringing? That's beeping. Be- well, beeping, dinging, did you, did you chiming. Just hear that? It's all the same thing. Did you just hear that one? No, I didn't hear that because I was talking. I was, oh, I was, okay. I was it's my, being irritated by your beeping. That's why I didn't hear it. It's, I'm getting text messages, but they're coming in through my computer. So they're coming in through my earbuds. And I guess it's so loud that you can hear the, ear, the sound through the earbuds. But anyway. Is this really... Is this really happening? Dude, it's so good. That, holy part, fuck. And that and part when he says, this, this perfectly perfect disease. Yeah. Oh, dude. And that little barrel, barrel, barrel. Oh, so good. And what a way to start the record out with, holy fuck. Like, that is just, an, oh, dude. Yeah, Brooklyn Dodgers is my 3B on that one, for sure. Mm. But I love the record. Listen to it twice this week. It's an orange variant. Is yours on the orange one, too? Nah, mine's just plain old black. Plain old black. Okay, that's fine. Peasant. Um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so then, yeah, my last, my last thing I listened to this week uh, is my song of the week, or my song of the week comes from any, it. Any I didn't. Of the I know. I know. I know. I know. Are I know, you fucking I didn't. kidding me? I know. Not one I of them. I didn't have time. There's like three left. I didn't have time. What you mean? I have time? You have five minutes to even just like skim through it. No, I don't on? have time. I don't have Fucking time. Fucking guys, there's no time. I know you usually, have time. Usually, like the weekends and the mornings, I do my whole jazz thing for like a couple hours. And then if I have time, I'll throw on some other stuff. But I just didn't I didn't have time outside of my jazz stuff. So Fucking, uh, you, got, you got two things left. That's it. <laughs> what, there's what two things. Like Dan Mills. Hicks and Nitty Gritty. Nitty Gritty, okay. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two things <laughs> that I really want you to hear, too. Those are the ones I'm most Seriously? curious about. <laughs> yes, those are the only ones. <laughs> I'll listen to them both this week. I'll, I'll definitely listen to both of them this week. But, uh, but the last thing here I picked up from Discogs as well. picked it up last week. Uh, this one came in the cheapest I've ever seen it, uh, and that is De Facto and their album Megaton Shot Blast. This is their first record from July 2001. And uh, if you don't know who this is, this is pretty much the band that became the Mars Volta. And so they were... They were between. I mean, they were. They've been a band since like '97, but then they didn't put out their first record until after At the Drive and broke up. And then, yeah, and Cedric, instead of on vocals, he plays the drums. Omar goes over to bass. Ike is on the keys and all the other crazy shit. And then Jeremy, no, Jeremy is uh, Jeremy was on the uh, like sound effects, sound manipulation, and stuff like that. So this is a really amazing, amazing dub record. I mean, I'm not just saying it because I like Omar, but I think this is probably like the best dub record ever made. Oh, it, it really is. I mean, you can't. I mean, obviously, Scientist and and King Tubby, great, 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 great stuff. But I feel like this just adds a little more weirdness and quirkiness to that style, and just the production value on it is just amazing. And there's no guitar. It's a remarkable record. It truly is. I mean, I'm not gonna like. That. I'm not gonna like fight you on it. I just don't. I definitely don't know enough about dub to even make that kind of exclamation. But well, yeah, see, I don't know enough about dub either. But I'm gonna make that because I have enough okay. trust in how good this is. To where I don't know. I, I just it's just so fucking good. It's it's really really good, and I listened to the whole album 
today, actually. You gotta listen to it. Dude, just when that first, like, that, like, first, Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever sound that is, when it comes in, just brought me back to, like, the first time I ever heard De Facto. (laughs) I I I was like, wow, this is still, this has not lost any value whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. I know. I came, I remember when I, I found out about him was, I was working at Tower Records and somebody said, oh, you like the Mars Volta and at the drive-in, have you ever heard of De Facto? I said, no, I hadn't, I'd never heard of him. And then he's like, you got to buy the CD right now. And Tower had like two of these CDs left. And so I picked it up and dude, I just fucking fell in love with it. It's so good. It's too, too good. good. Too, good. too good. It is too good. No, it is too good. Yeah, <laughs> it is too good. All right, so here's here's my favorite song. It's called Finger Trap. Uh, so here it is from De Facto. There you go, finger trap from de facto. And do you know what part? Uh, okay, so the the intro that that high pitch sound yeah. to me, it's always sounded like a like a a video game on the Game Boy, like a Game Boy video game. I don't know. I, see that. I can't yeah. place it, but it has that that same tone. If that makes any sense. And it's that's what kind of that's what hooked me with this particular song, and I think that's probably why it's my favorite because it has that that Game Boy sound. And then it jumps into the trumpet with like, I don't even like the, I guess, samba kind of groove. Blown out sounding trumpet. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, dude, dude, it's fantastic. It's so, it's so fucking good. Oh, so friggin' good. Sloan would say. So friggin' good. No, it's, <laughs> I, I really, I have nothing, I literally have nothing negative to say about De facto. You, I mean, you can't. It's impossible. It's fucking impossible. And it's, I mean, all the songs are instrumental. And I think, what is this song? I think it's Thick Vinyl Plate. There is a part where where all the music stops and then you could hear Cedric, Cedric yells "Hey!" really loud, and I the first time I heard that I got really scared. I, I remember jumping like I, was, <laughs> I jolted because I was so scared because he yells it so loud and it and it's the first it's like the, literally the only word on the entire record. 
it was just that hey but it's pretty cool pretty pretty cool pretty cool okay 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 so that's all i got um that's all i got for the vinyls so let's move on to some new music and other happenings in the music world uh you didn't listen to either of these songs huh no i forgot because you're negligent so that's fine um yes i was negligent (laughs) yes Uh, so no new album releases that we thought were like significant came out. Uh, a couple of songs that interested me um, were released, and one of them comes from the band Corn. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're actually like the greatest band ever. Hopefully and the song is good because you already pre-ordered the album. I did. I pre-ordered. Pre- 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 pre-ordered. Pre-ordered. How you pre-ordered? <laughs> I pre-ordered the new record after hearing that first song, which I did not like. Which I still was don't terrible. Really like. which yeah, is it's not. Trash. It's not a good song. It's not a good song. But I still pre-ordered it, and this new one came out. It's called "Forgotten," new song, and this song is much, much better than the last one. Is it a good song or is it better than the last? I with you, I don't, I don't, I, I can't say because you, you surprised me a lot with what you like from Corn. So I really don't, I don't know. I really don't know if you'd like this. But it it sounds it sounds to me like like early two thousands corn maybe like Untouchables but not Untouchables sound like sonically it sounds like Untouchables but the song itself doesn't it sounds more like issue like it, maybe an issue song so it's I don't know, like ninety nine two thousand one ish era sounding I think it's really good I really enjoyed it I was very surprised that I liked it um, because that first song is terrible <laughs> did you breathe a sigh of relief. I did. To this? I did. I really, really did. But it That's does good. suck too because it really doesn't sound like Feely is playing bass on this new record because these two songs have none of the the pizzazz that Feely brings to the bass playing. So that sucks. That really, really sucks. But anyway, mm, moving okay. on. Uh, the last song here comes from the band Billy Talent. They put out a new one called Judged. And I mean, it's not a bad song. I think if you like Billy Talent, you'll like this song. It sounds like everything else that they've ever done. He still has that same voice. It still kind of has that bounciness. Um, yeah, it's whatever. It's good. It's fine. Not Definitely not going to pre-order a new record from them, though. Mm-mm. That's for okay. sure. Okay. And then, so yeah, that's it for the new music. So let's just jump into some other stuff real quick. Two other things. First, first things first, because that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, Foo Fighters. Top. The band, the Foo Fighters, are putting out a horror movie next month, and they released the first trailer for it. Did you actually watch this trailer? Yeah, it's called the movie's called Studio Six Six Six. What do you think of this? I I just don't care. I don't really? fucking care. I don't care. What do I care for? I don't know. I think it looks like it just looks fun. It doesn't look great. It just looks fun. So I don't know if the, if, the, if the trailer itself was just like a joke and there wasn't something behind it, then I would be like, oh, that's kind of fun. But knowing there's like what? What are you doing? I don't know. So I think, from what I understand, they're they're gonna release an album to coincide with this, like an album they made just for this movie specifically. I think that's <sighs> what they're doing, which is cool. It's fine. I'm, Dude, I'm, I'm not just, mad I'm about so, it. I just I cannot fucking stand the Foo Fighters. But you have to admit their last record wasn't bad at all. It wasn't bad, but it sure as shit wasn't good. I had it twice on vinyl. Both times it was sealed, and I still sold it because I didn't want to keep it. Okay, <laughs> I have my greatest hits by the Foo Fighters, and that is all I will ever need. Okay. Ever. All right. I just, I, dude, I just do not care about the Foo Fighters. But I watch a lot of videos 
on Dave Grill doing really cool things live on during, during like Foo Fighters sets. Mm-hmm. And I watch a lot of videos because I think he's an amazing person. I think individually they're really cool dudes. Yeah. yeah. And that Taylor Hawkins side project thing within the bathtub or the hot tub, that was a cool album. <laughs> that I would actually, I wouldn't <laughs> even mind Raiders, having yeah. that on the vinyls. Yeah, the Cotel Red was. man. Dude, the Foo Fighters just, I. Arguably the most overrated band of all time, honestly. Yeah, truly, it's not a. It's not a far off. Next to the Beatles, sure. honestly. Oh, that's stupid. That's just straight stupid. But yeah, so go check that out. Studio Six Six Six, new Foo Fighters movie, super weird. But nineteen seventy six six six. Nineteen seventy six six six. Fucking love me some Dumb Wednesday Thirteen song. <laughs> Dude, you know that was a good song. You know that's a good song. As much shit as you talk on on Wednesday. You know, you know that's a good one. It's a really good one. <laughs> you're so you're so ridiculous. You're, <laughs> you're so dumb. I God, can't even just... take it seriously because it's so stupid. It's very. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be stupid. Oh, it's supposed to be dumb. Mister uh, motherfucker yeah. over here. Ah, oh, dude, that's another not another <laughs> fucking banger, man. He has so much, dude. He has so much good music. I, I might listen to him tonight on the finals, and oh, I'm not going to listen to any of my backlog. Good so. lords. Ah, boy. Boy, oh boy. Okay. This last thing here. Uh, if you didn't know, Coachella released their lineup for this year. And uh, it sucks, man. <laughs> There's only three artists I'd want to see. I don't know about who, you. What do, what do you who think? Who would you want to see? Uh, Turnstile, which is the weirdest one. I can't believe Turnstile are on here. Uh, and then Run the Jewels and Kanye. Oh, okay. oh Danny, Elf- Danny Elfman would be cool too, actually. I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to see Danny Elfman, but that would be, I, I think, would be I, cool. I would only want to see Danny Elfman because Josh Freeze is going to be playing drums. So that's that's really kind of the reason why I want to see Danny Elfman. But uh, I mean, yeah, as far as like days go, I would only go to that last day. But like Fatboy Slim's going to be there that last day. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it would be fun, but for like two songs. But yeah, Kanye, Run the Jewels. That's that's pretty fucking cool on the same day. Those two, yeah, that's those are some heavy hitters. But that first, the that first day sucks. Though. I know, right? They 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 deserve to headline over Kanye, that's for sure. It's just I don't know, man. Coachella is just I just don't I don't I don't care I don't I don't <laughs> care. I think even have if you, I had free tickets, I don't think I would go. Have you I listened really to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Lizard, I have Gizzard. I have, and they're they're they are really good, but they have so much stuff. They put out like a new record every two months. So like th- that's another band that I've I've come into possession of various albums by them. Mm-hmm. I've listened to every single one that I've got because people just love them so much. And they put out so much stuff. Everything they put out is just it's just like the Foo Fighters. It's like, dude, you're like the vanilla of the prog era. You just <laughs> you can see that. Yeah, you're fucking boring. Yeah, and the amount of music they put out it just it kind of like reinforces that that vanilla point. So I don't. I mean, I just I pinpointed. I I singled them out, but yeah, everyone I mean, else I don't care either. They're not bad. They're not bad at all. But yeah, I don't. I don't ever find myself listening to them. I think I went and listened to maybe five of the records a couple of years ago, and I just it was fine. It was fine. But I don't remember anything about them at all. There's just there's too many there's too many bands I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. And not enough bands that I do want to see. Like, there's a lot of like little things that I would I would watch if I was already here, but I would never like stay. Like, Pup, cool little punk pop punk band. Code Orange is really cool. Beach yeah. Bunny, 
that's kind of in the new genre I'm getting into, similar to like Girl in Red. That's okay. fun stuff. But there's, no, there's like, I would not, I'm not going to go to this to see these C tier bands. Yeah, especially when you could see some of them at way smaller venues for a fraction of the price. Yeah, they, they're they're playing House of Blues and not even selling out. <laughs> yeah. I think outside of Kanye, Run the Jewels would be the, the only group or artist that would be the most money outside of Coachella. Yeah. I would pay big money to see Run the Jewels because they're big enough now where they're going to put on a big show. The mm-hmm. production's going to be big. And so you're... Your hundred dollar investment, you're going to get a hundred dollar show. Mm-hmm. Same with yeah. Kanye, you know, your two hundred dollar investment, you'll get a two hundred dollar show with Kanye for sure. It's good stuff, man. Terrible, terrible thing that Coachella does because it's just terrible out there. That's fucking hot. It's terrible. Yeah, fuck Coachella. Fuck. Yeah, they fuck fucked India. this over in two thousand six. Six. Never go back, baby. Never again. Never again will I try to get tickets for this stupid fucking show. Um. So yeah, that's all I got. Do you have anything else? That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. Nope. All right. So thank you all for listening to the podcast. Go to uh, what is Apple podcast rate review and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at asinine radio. You know, fucking, I don't know. Just keep listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into modest mouse and the album, the moon and Antarctica. It's going to be a hard (laughs) one. Um, Once again, thanks for, thanks for listening. And that's it. That's all. Thank you.